Hey everyone, welcome to the Plant Powered People Podcast. I'm Tony Okamoto. And I'm Michelle Kane, and I promise we're gonna get used to saying that name. <laughs> Plant Power. We picked the name with the most like alliteration and just the most difficult to, to say. I'm hoping that that is what makes people remember this. Plant Powered People Podcast. So I wanted to give a quick little side story about how I have been trying to convince Michelle to be on this podcast with me for years. And she was like, I remember the very first time I asked her, she was like, I want to prioritize my time and do videos. Do videos. And, and I was like, but podcasting, that's the way. And she was just like, no. And I was so I sad. I remember we were we were driving in LA and we had just watched What the Health, which you were featured in that film. And I was feeling so inspired to like make documentaries and just go off in a different direction. I was just like, I can't do a podcast right now. You go for it, Tony. Yep. And here we are. Here we are. I'm so <laughs> excited. I've been wanting to do this podcast specifically with Michelle, and it is uh, my dream come true. So thanks, Michelle. Well, thanks, Tony. If I've seen anything about you, it's when you set your mind to something, it eventually happens. So I don't know why I ever tried to fight it. <laughs> um, but I'm so happy that we're embarking on this journey together, and I and I fully believe in the power of this podcast to help people, and I'm so excited that we're getting started right now, today, in this moment. Yay. Me too. So. A little bit about our podcast. Michelle and I will both share our vision for what it will be. And for me personally, I've listened to lots of podcasts and many vegan podcasts. But something I don't hear often is from regular old people who are living their plant based journey and sharing how they overcame obstacles. I hear a lot of podcasts with vegan experts, which is super cool. But I want to give a platform to people who may be working at a restaurant serving animal products and how they were able to overcome that obstacle. And just because you went vegan doesn't mean you can get a whole new job or just because you go vegan or plant-based doesn't mean that everyone in your family will join you in your efforts. And so I want to give those people a platform and share their experiences. Often Michelle and I hear from people who have a different life than us and we can't Help them. I can't speak to being a vegan mama with a omni dad. I can't. I'm not a mom. But yeah, we want to bring those voices to the forefront because there's these are people that so many of you listening, I imagine, can relate to or have friends or family that you want to help. And hopefully their stories being told will empower you to do that. And we want to start by sharing our own stories and giving you a little bit of background about who we are and how we got into this and some of the the obstacles that we had to overcome. So I will let Michelle take the lead. So I'm Michelle, <laughs> the Michelle of Michelle and Tony, and I'm the founder of the website World of Vegan. I am a plant-based content creator. I have been making videos and recipes and articles and all sorts of content to empower people to align their actions with their values for more than 10 years now. And I love it. Love it so much. I'm always looking for new opportunities to help People feel not so alone in this journey. And yeah, I work with Tony on a lot of different projects as well. We create meal plans and videos and all sorts of stuff together. My own 
plant-powered journey started when I was just eight years old, which is when I went vegetarian. As a young child, my family was not vegetarian. I didn't know anyone who was vegetarian. I didn't even know that word existed. I just decided I didn't want to eat animals. So that's where I took my first step in that direction. And Perhaps one day I'll talk about those challenges because being a little kid who's been responsible for their own meals and all of that comes with its slew of challenges. Um, And then I went fully plant-based when I was in college. At that time, that was about 10 years ago, before there were plant-based cheeses and yogurts and all of the products that are now on the shelves today. And even resources, online resources, hardly existed. Hardly existed. And I was such an early consumer of those first few vegan bloggers that existed. And I so held dear every piece of vegan content I could find on the internet, every of the couple documentaries, the books. I had them all. I read them all. I consumed them all. I went vegan when I was in Cleveland, Ohio, so it was not a particularly vegan-friendly area. And it was that kind of challenge that inspired me to do the work that I'm doing today and to make sure that I could help provide resources with all the challenges that I had overcome to make the process easier for other people and especially people who live in areas that aren't the vegan mecca where I live now in the Bay Area that's just so vegan friendly. I definitely wanted to help make that transition easier for people. Can you talk a little bit about your family? Are they When you decided you wanted to be a vegetarian when you were eight, did they jump on board with you or accommodate you or did they know about vegetarian living? How did that happen and how did they assist you in the process? Yeah. So when I decided to go vegetarian, I I remember we were eating lamb for dinner. My mom had made lamb and I had just watched a video where a lamb, I can't remember what the movie was, but the lamb's mom dies. If anyone remembers what movie that is, it's like an animated film from the 80s. (laughs) You'll have to let me know. But I was so wrecked over this this video, and my mom made some comments about how they, we were le- eating lamb for dinner, and uh, you know, isn't that crazy that that's the video we we're just watching? And I just that I was eight years old, and that was the first time that I made the connection between the piece of meat on my plate and an actual animal that I love so dearly. And in that moment, I just pushed my plate away, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, meat is animals. I don't want to eat animals. I love animals." I'll eat something else. Mom, dad, I'm not eating meat anymore. And I know a lot of kids who go through this stage because I used to babysit a lot. And so many kids would be like, I want to be vegetarian. And the response that they get from their parents is, "Uh uh-uh, you're a kid. You live under my house. You eat my food. You can make this decision when you're older. But I'm really grateful that my parents said, you know, that's called a vegetarian. That's fine. If you want to be vegetarian, you're just on your own. You know, make your own food. We're going to make what we're making and, and you'll have to find something to eat, Michelle. PB&J for days. <laughs> yeah. Cereal and pasta is pretty much what I lived on the whole rest of the time until I went to college. And uh, I, I don't recommend that. I don't think that that's necessarily the healthiest way to live, but somehow I, I made it through healthfully and happily. And yeah, so they were ultimately pretty supportive. I think they thought it would just be some sort of phase. So they didn't get too caught up in the moment. And then they just saw that this was my choice. I was very passionate about it. I was very outspoken about it. Did they know that you were going to be committed? They did not know. No way. But being the very passionate, strong-willed individual I have always been since I was little, I don't think it surprised them when it's when it stuck. And soon, I mean, it was soon after that that I started learning about factory farming. And I think I might have gotten a PETA leaflet that had that showed some videos online. And as soon as I was awoken to the immense cruelties happening in our factory farm and today's just food agriculture industries, even as like, at, I don't know, maybe I was nine or 10 at that point, I was just like, I will never eat meat again. This is not something I want to be a part of. 
So yeah, they they got on board pretty quickly. And had they not, I don't super remember, they might have challenged it a bit. But at that point, once I had seen that kind of footage of factory farms, there was nothing that would change my mind. I would have fasted for weeks, you know, <laughs> just to... I just wouldn't have put that in my mouth again. I, I can imagine little yeah. baby Michelle being so headstrong <laughs> and determined. But ultimately, they, they were very supportive. And today, my mom is mostly vegan. Um, she mostly identifies as vegan. Sometimes she eats some fish. I call her pesca vegan. A lot, a lot of vegans freak out if you call yourself vegan and you're imperfect. But I fully embrace and endorse my mom's efforts to be as vegan as possible. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And my dad takes whatever food I make and throws some meat on it. The thing is, growing up as a vegetarian since age eight, where no one you knew, I knew no one who was vegetarian until I was basically in college who didn't go vegetarian after meeting me. And so in my head, I cared about these issues and I was going to do something about it with my choices and my life. But the way that I saw it, I was living in a world where no one else got it. No one else cared. I didn't know other people that were working on these issues. There weren't organizations that were like, out there reaching the youth at that point. So I felt very alone in it until I was in college and connected with other people that had um, a similar level of compassion for animals and mission to help people live in a healthy and compassionate way. And then I, I found the community and realized, wow, this is, uh, this is awesome. And I want to be a part of helping people make, make decisions that are better for their own health and planet animals too. Now that you've you didn't mention this, but you've worked for an animal organization. You worked for PETA. And I imagine when you're surrounded by people who think like you and want to dedicate their lives to helping animals, that you can sometimes take on that more homogenized community. But you feel differently. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about why you feel differently, even though you can surround yourself with people who are just like you or who think very similarly to you. Uh, you choose to have an open mind. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So over the past 10 years, um, I've worked with a whole slew of vegan and animal advocacy organizations and have so cherished that time. A big part of my friend group has become people who are kind of working in the same space, health and wellness and animal advocacy. And so I very much have experienced the sort of bubble of feeling like, Ooh, I'm living in this progressive world and our world has changed and it's totally easy and easy to be vegan. And we live in the Bay Area where there's vegan restaurants everywhere. But I think it's so important to remember that that is a bubble. Like I'm very aware that I, I that is a bubble and most people are not in that situation. And for most people who are not living right across the street from a vegan bakery, being vegan is a little bit more challenging. And going plant-based I still am so aware of that journey for me took time and is imperfect like that so yeah I mean I what Tony is referring to here is uh, there's a lot of vegan policing and judging and and this feeling of we should all be vegan and perfect I mean what's I don't know what's the way of saying that I think many people who are vegan believe that it's a black and white thing either you're vegan or you're not vegan and you're not doing enough and I understand that feeling as Michelle mentioned she has worked it for animals her whole career, her whole adult life, and I have as well. I've worked for several vegan organizations and have had exposure to lots of different types of advocacy. But what I've found that works well for me and for my friends like Michelle is having an open mind and 
meeting people where they are and continuously providing resources and being a safe resource myself so that when people I know who I thought would never, ever, ever be interested in veganism feel like comfortable reaching out to you. Yeah. Maybe they watched a documentary and are slightly curious, at least trying more plant-based options. They remember that I was the cool vegan and (laughs) they're like, hey, Tony, can you give me a recipe? And I am so overjoyed when I'm put in that position because I believe that every meal that's plant-based is a win if you want to help animals. And and I want to help animals. I want to help animals and people. And I feel that plant-based is a way to do that. Yeah. Every step in the right direction is a, is a step that I celebrate and encourage. And um, I think that the past many years, I've tried many different approaches. <laughs> Not tried, but you know, a lot of people who become plant-based and become aware of what's going on in factory farms and how unhealthful animal products are to our bodies and what it's doing to our planet. Many, myself included, become so heartbroken and impassioned and enraged at what's going on behind closed doors that it just feels like if people only knew this information, they would change. So you share the graphic videos and you share the information. And when people don't change immediately, it it hurts your heart. You don't understand what's going on. It's just a lot to take in and handle. But over time, I've started to realize that the best way that I can uh, support people along a positive path is just by leading by positive example. You know, people need to find, come to change on their own, in their own way. I'll share a little bit about my background. I came at vegetarianism for health reasons. I ran track in high school and there was a Taco Bell that was right across the street from my school. And it was common for people to go there at lunch. I ordered almost the same thing every day. I ordered two beef tacos and a bean burrito. And I ran track at the time. So I would eat this and then go run track and realize that that was a bad decision every time. I would get sick and talk to my coach about it who suggested that I stop eating fast food. And I had never thought about food being what fueled my body. It was more of a taste thing for me. Like, "Mm, this tastes good. I like this. And growing up, my parents allowed me to eat whatever I wanted. I ate Doritos. I drank soda. We had meals like Hamburger Helper. And then we had a lot of Mexican food, which had cheese and meat and cheese and fried and cheese and meat. And cheese and fried. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When are we going to veganize cheese and fried? (laughs) I don't know, but we need to get on it because I remember it being good. But it was in that moment that I learned that because I was eating Taco Bell every day, it was affecting my performance. And so I stopped eating Taco Bell. I stopped eating red meat. And over time, many years, in fact, I slowly, slowly, slowly moved toward a plant-based diet. It took years. And again, it was for health reasons. So I feel like we need to insert, like I'm so used to doing videos. I'm like, insert adorable photo of Tony's track days. I remember you sent me that picture and it's so cute. We should put it in the in the show, show notes. notes. Okay. Yeah. I'll drop that in there. I have, a, I have some photos of me as a little, little tiny. You look exactly the same, but tiny. Tiny, Tony. <laughs> Extra tiny. In my track days with really long hair still. So I first became red meat free girl. And then I moved toward a vegetarian. I think I became vegetarian when I was 18 or 19. And then I was in a community college and learned a lot about animal issues. 
through my community college veg club. And it was there that I became a vegan. We learned about the dairy industry, which particularly impacted me and made me want to go vegan. I heard of the very sad lives that dairy cows were living and I knew, knew that I no longer wanted to contribute to that. And so from there, I moved toward a fully vegan diet. Like I first was plant-based, but then I wanted to be strongly immersed in vegan lifestyle. I started working for animal organizations. I was leafleting. I was doing all kinds of things. And in that time, I regularly heard about uh, how it was expensive to be vegan. And my own family was suffering from diet-related health issues that were caused by what they felt was how it was expensive to be healthy. So I started compiling resources on plant-based on a budget, and it fueled a whole new path for me. I, I now have it as my life. So yeah, that's a little bit about my background. I hang out with mostly omnivores, which keeps me very grounded. Like Michelle said, it's easy to feel like, oh, everything is vegan because I have a vegan bakery that's on the on the corner. But on yeah, corner, like yes. when you surround yourself in this vegan bubble, everyone around you is just in- liking what you're saying, yep. encouraging what you're doing. Everyone thinks the same. No one's challenging each other anymore. And you lose touch of the reality that is normal life of human beings. And my family and friends help me stay grounded. They remind me that that's not the case. For a long time, they were not all that supportive. And it was challenging for me. I remember they always had prego marinara sauce and noodles. And so they would have like elaborate meals and invite the family over. And then I would make I'd boil some noodles and pour some prego sauce. High five, sister. <laughs> if only we knew each other when we were younger. Yeah. We could have been like our vegetarian friends. <laughs> that would be nice. So now I go over and they make full meals and they know what vegan is. They know it's not a phase for me anymore. At first, I think they didn't want to become too invested because they thought, Tony's a teenager. She's going to get over this and we can all move on with our lives. But now that I've been vegan for my whole adult life, they finally have come around and they especially started giving me a little bit more credit when my brother became a vegetarian and then half of our family was vegetarian. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about the power of food? Because one of the things that I think you've done that I hadn't done in my family, and I I wish that I had, but is that you have been veganizing recipes and making delicious food for your family, for friends, for people since like forever. And I think that just brings such power of bringing people together around a delicious plant-based meal and introducing them in like a non- threatening way. Yes. So I believe my love language is food sharing. (laughs) I love to express. I think that's part of my culture. And I also think that's part of why my family had a harder time because, you know, they want to make food for me because they love me. And when I say, I don't want to eat your food because I don't eat those things, they can become offended. Yeah, it's so, like saying, I don't love you. you they, exactly. They're missing the step. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so I way. totally understand that. But it has helped shape me and how I express my love and affection for people is I want to share food with them. And I regularly, just last week, I asked my parents if I could go over there and cook a meal for my family. And uh, we had an all-vegan meal, even though no one's vegan except me. Everyone ate vegan. And I've done that 
regularly because I feel so strongly that food is a really great, like you said, non-threatening way to literally break bread and share in the delicious plant-based love. It's hard to be defensive when I'm just sharing a tasty meal with you and it happens to be plant-based. And so a lot of people, they then ask me, hey, can I have that recipe? Or, hey, uh, so my doctor thinks I should stop eating so much dairy. Can you give me that vegan mac and cheese that you shared? I, I actually remember your bio dad. Hi, Greg asking for a mac and cheese recipe, and I was so happy to share it with him. So I think that having a positive and compassionate, kind attitude toward people, but continuing to share resources and meals and kindness with them makes makes people more open to what you have to say. And because I've never pushed my beliefs onto my parents and my family, they seek out the information from me. And they do it at their own time and in a way where they actually care. Like I didn't force it upon them. They actually care and are ready to receive that information. And for me, when I was starting this journey, I knew that I wanted to set myself up for success long-term. While going vegan overnight works for some people, it didn't work for me. I tried it once. It didn't work. So I said, I'm going to be okay and I'm not going to beat myself up that it's going to take me a little bit longer because I know that long-term, forever, I want this to be my life goal, to be a vegan forever. And so I set myself up in a way that worked for me and a way that I could make sustainable. That's awesome. That's a question we get a lot. A lot of people ask, I want to go go plant-based or I want to go vegan. Should I just jump in? Should I go a little bit at a time? And it's it's such a personal question because for some people – it's the opposite. And if you say, I'm going to take little steps, then you don't have black and white answers about what's food and what's not food. And that can make it a little bit more challenging. Um, and for others, like going all in would never work. So yeah, I, it's hard to answer that question because it's like such a personal what works best for you. Do what feels right. Yeah. I think that that's the beauty of this podcast is that we're going to bring on different voices. Michelle and I are two different people with two totally different backgrounds. Michelle went vegan Pretty much right away. It took me a couple weeks. I remember a couple weeks. I remember with milk, like I, I was in college and I was trying to get off cow's milk. I made the decision to go vegan and I would have cereal with milk in it every morning. And I was like, oh gosh, bought soy milk, tried it, spat it out, thought it was so nasty. And so I would, I would like wean myself off like you would change dog food for a dog. Like I would pour half cow's milk, half soy milk and mix it up. And I allowed my taste buds to sort of acclimate and adjust. And it just took like maybe a week before I was like, oh my gosh, soy milk is so good. And now cow's milk tastes nasty. <laughs> Bringing on different voices and different people from different walks of life is our goal. And to hopefully bring on someone that you resonate with and who can help you overcome the obstacles that you may be facing, whether it's your child vegan <laughs> or you're the only vegan in your family or you're your family gives you a really hard time. How do you deal with it? We want to support you and empower you. Empower yeah. you. The steps that you know in your heart you want to take. All right. So that's a little tiny tidbit of our stories, how we got here, who we are. But you guys will be getting to know us a lot better over the coming podcast episodes. A lot 
better. (laughs) Way too well. You will know us probably better than our own families if you listen to all. Seriously, I feel like a lot of secrets come up in these. That's true. When we're together, just chatting away. As we mentioned, we want to support you and we have set up a hotline to do so. So if you call into 716-759-4873, you can ask us your questions. You can share your stories. We will listen to them and maybe even choose some to air in future episodes. Yes, we absolutely would love hearing from you guys, and we want this to be as valuable for you, our listeners, as possible, so we will be listening to all the messages that you send to us. You can also find that uh, number on our website, plantpoweredpodcast.com, so you can find that there, as well as our email list. If you sign up for our email list, you'll receive a notification every time we come out with a new episode, and our emails will also have some other fun things coming your way when we do some fun videos, uh, recipe perks, and we might even have some giveaways coming for you. Yay. I <laughs> personally love free things. Free things. So Holla. I'll be signing up for that. <laughs> and if you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash people. And that is just a way for us to continue doing this work and to reach more people. Yes, this is a passion project based on love, but there is a lot of technical, just looking around here, there's expensive audio recording equipment. So much goes into making these possible. So your support would mean the world. Plus, we've come up with some fun perks for you guys as well. And no worries if you can't do that. Just listening to this makes us so happy. And if you feel so inclined, you could also leave us a review on iTunes. That is really helpful and can help us reach a lot more people. Yeah. Plus, I can't imagine a more heartwarming thing than to see a new review pop up. Thank you guys so much for joining us today, for listening, for those of you who made it all the way through to the end. Thank you so much. So happy you're here. So much gratitude. We look forward to doing this as often as we can for years and years and years. Yeah. Let the games begin. 